Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. It is Monday, October 16th, 2023. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update, your quick headline look into the cyber news of the day. And since it was the weekend, we are kind of recapping some stuff that occurred over the weekend. Uh, needless to say, the cybercrime problem did not solve itself over the weekend. And I have probably more articles than I'm really going to be able to get to. So some of these I'm just going to kind of quickly um, discuss the headline and kind of what what the article means and you can go you can go take a look at it later if you are so inclined as always all articles mentioned in this podcast are listed for you in the show notes and i want to thank those who continue to download and support the podcast you can do so by subscribing leaving a review on any of your podcast um, channels that you're downloading the podcast from uh, for folks on linkedin i am posting um, a video of the it's a it's audio but it's uh mp4 video kind of thing with just the audio playing on linkedin for those who don't subscribe and stuff like that so uh you easy to find easy to listen to uh and as always thoughts and comments and suggestions are welcome but because i have so many articles here i want to get right into it the first one is from cyberscoop.com this is christian vasquez reporting the EPA calls off cyber regulations for the water sector. I found this one particularly interesting simply because the Biden administration has tried to do all sorts of executive orders and stuff regarding cybersecurity to secure U.S. critical infrastructure, of which the water sector is one. Well, this particular announcement is a major blow to the Biden administration's effort to improve the cybersecurity of U.S. critical infrastructure. And I'll quickly wing through this real quick, but in a major blow to the Biden administration's effort to improve the cyber security defenses of critical infrastructure, the Environmental Protection Agency will no longer require cybersecurity audits of U.S. water utilities through sanitary surveys, which is some kind of crazy, but okay. In a letter to state drinking water administrators on Thursday, this is last week, the EPA said litigation from Republican states and trade associations, which raised questions about the long-term legal viability of the initiative to regulate the cybersecurity of water utilities, drove the decision to rescind the March memorandum implementing the rule. So this is interesting simply because this is probably the first um, shot into the Biden administration's efforts to add cybersecurity regulations and stuff to critical infrastructure entities. I mean, beyond just water, you have oil and gas, electrical, communications, all that kind of stuff, banking, financial, and so on. So if this one, simply because of some litigation, says, okay, we're not going to require these audits, that is actually a bad thing because without a stick no one is going to no one is going to do the right thing right um sure you can offer it but there's no carrots being offered either so um there's no stick there's no carrot which means no one's going to do anything it's the same problem you have in dod with the cmmc the cybersecurity maturity model certification which has yet to be implemented it was supposed to be implemented in 2020 it's now 2023 it's going through revisions people will still say it's coming maybe it is that'd be great um but obviously until you require mandates on these things they're not going to do what they need to do 
um, with this. So this says, uh, in addition to the article, the, this, the withdrawal of the rule does not bode well for future efforts to harmonize regulations among the existing 16 critical infrastructure sectors. You think? Many critical sectors like water and wastewater lack cybersecurity regulations. Using a voluntary approach to regulate cybersecurity industries was described in the National Cybersecurity Strategy as resulting in inadequate and inconsistent outcomes. It's not just water, it's all across the entity. So this we're still having this problem. How do you fix it? It's a good question. Um, I think, uh, at least like for, for companies that are involved in the private sector, if you, I, I talked to a guy and he said, if you offer tax rebates and stuff like that to people who did the right thing, you'd get more, that would be a good carrot that would get people to do stuff. But this is again, this is going to be a continuing problem we see going forward with federally regulated cybersecurity, um, mandates. So it is what it is. Uh, beliefbeefcomputer.com, Bill Tolis reporting steam enforces sms verification to curb malware ridden updates valve has announced implementing additional security measures for developers publishing games on steam including sms based confirmation codes this is to deal with a recent outbreak of malicious updates pushing malware from compromised published publisher accounts now here's the first problem it's 2023 people this should have been in this should have been enforced long 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 ago so if you're a gamer and you like steam um you're going to have this sms based requirement which should have had all the kind. And I'm only bringing this up simply because this is just ridiculous that up to this point in time, they didn't require these kind of codes, but okay, that's good. They're at least they're learning. They're moving forward. Also from believing computer, Bill told us again, women political leaders summit targeted in rom-com malware phishing. I just like the headline of this one, honestly, but a new lightweight variant of the rom-com backdoor was deployed against participants of the women political leaders summit in Brussels, a summit focusing on gender equality and women in politics. The campaign used a fake website mimicking the official WPL portal to bait people seeking to attend or simply interested in the summit. The new variant warns that its operators tracked by the firm as void Bisu has been using a stealthier backdoor with a new TLS enforcement technique in the command and control communications to make discovery harder. Also, the latest attacks immense the group shift from opportunistic ransomware attacks previously attributed to a Cuban ransomware affiliate to high-level cyber espionage campaign involving the exploitation of zero-day vulnerabilities. So this is like this is likely a, a state-sponsored attack if they're looking for political leaders because obviously they want to compromise them, get information to steal stuff, things like that. So certainly there, there's more on this article if you want to see more about this particular malware. But I just kind of note that just to kind of show that nothing's changing, right? If you are a political leader, if you are a, if you are an important person, you're a CIO, understand you are being targeted by cyber actors from all over the place. Um, understand the threats targeting you and assess your risk. From Wired, this is kind of a security news this week overview. This was by, who writes this? Andy Greenberg and Lily Hay Newman. Um, and the one I'm, the part I'm, no, I'm noting here goes along with our previous article. Vietnam, Vietnam used predator spyware to target U.S. Congress. Predators is like Pegasus is one of these um, spyware apps that, um, a couple companies have created that have been in the news because of misuse. But anyway, notorious high-end commercial spyware like Pegasus and Predator has been used over the past decade to target human rights activists, protesters, and journalists. But a foreign nation using it to target the smartphones of U.S. members of Congress represents a rare and brazen new appearance of those notorious tools. Now, likely, this has already been going on. They're just getting wise to it. So uh, on Monday, the Washington Post, along with a consortium of more than a dozen international media outlets, revealed that the Vietnamese government used the predator spyware distributed by the surveillance firms Cytrox and Intellexa 
to target at least four members of Congress, Representatives Michael McCall and Senators Chris Murphy, John Hoven, and Gary Peters, as well as Asia-focused experts at U.S. think tanks and several journalists that included CNN's national security reporter Jim Scuto. So this is obviously a espionage type of campaign used by in Vietnam, Vietnam doing it. Um, now, there may be a relation here at some point in some way to the Chinese government as well. That would be more likely that's the case. Um, I'm sure there's no evidence of that yet. That's going to be targeted or noted. But this whole article has a whole bunch of different information. So this is from Wired. Um, but I just kind of, again, show that, you know, if you are an important person, people are targeting you, both criminals and nation state actors. This article is not going to be a big surprise. I predicted it when I first reported on this particular vulnerability, but this is from SC Media or scmagazine.com. Steve Zurer reporting, WS underscore FTP servers targeted in ransomware attacks. No kidding. When we first noted that WSFTP, which is uh, owned or created by the same company that had that created um, Move It, that it was ultimately going to be exploited. And yes, here we are now seeing this. Security teams have been advised that a maximum severity vulnerability in unpatched WSFTP servers from Progress Software have been targeted in ransomware attacks. So again, as predicted, vulnerabilities are going to be used by bad guys to target vulnerable machines. We saw all of the issues. Oops, sorry, my phone is going off. Uh, in all of... Sorry about that. Um, we have seen this issue with Move It. We are now going to see it with WSFTP. Progress is in a heap of trouble with all of this stuff. Now, they do have patches. So if you're using it, update it quickly, sooner rather than later. Uh, from securityaffairs.com, Lockpick ransomware gang demanded an $80 million ransom from CDW. So this is Perlugi Paganini reporting. The lockpick ransomware gun claims to have hacked the technology services giant CDW and threatens to leak the stolen data. And to call CDW a technology services giant is underscoring how big they really are. So CDW announced it has launched an investigation into claims made by the lockpick ransomware gang that added the company to its list of victims on its leak site. Now, to call it a claim is something else because you either know you hacked or you don't. But, you know, CDW, if you if you are in this space, you know who CDW is. You, you've probably bought something from it. But the reason the Lockbit gang demanded an $80 million ransom. But the group claims that the company only offered $1 million. Well, you got to start from you got to you got to you got to you got to negotiate from some point. So here we are. So we'll see where that goes. But again, not a surprise that, again, another big company that you would think would have cybersecurity in place um, to protect them from this clearly is not so how are small and medium-sized companies going to do it god only knows i mean this is this is not um this is this one is kind of surprising but is it really surprising i guess it's really not surprising but it's sad that um companies that should know better still came all right cyberdefensemagazine.com this is more of an opinion piece but it was interesting because it's something i talk about a lot zach amos writing this aware uh, awareness why does phishing still work that's a good question. With the cost of cyber attacks rising and the effects becoming more severe, many decision makers realize cybersecurity awareness training must be an ongoing part of employee education. Many of the most successful and widely used attacks relate to phishing. Certainly, they happen when a cyber criminal imitates another person or organization to gain information from a victim. 
However, these attacks still happen, even as workers sit through hours of training and go through realistic fishing simulations. Are they really, really realistic? Yeah, who knows, but let's, let's go with it. So why is this the case? So he's got a couple reasons why. One, cybersecurity training programs are not sufficiently effective. Yeah, no, no kidding. Two, many workers juggle, juggle numerous responsibilities. Certainly, not surprising there. More employees use personal devices for work. That's a big problem. If you're a company, you, sh- you can... Um, let folks bring in their personal devices, but put them on a guest network and let them do their stuff there, but do not do your work stuff on it. Now, you know, I understand why you may have to do this, but it's a problem, right? Because if employees don't update their devices and God knows, we know they're not, the companies aren't updating their devices. So certainly the employees are not. So this is just a a huge new surface attack surface for bad guys to find vulnerable machines that are already connected to networks and to get in from there. Okay, four, cybersecurity awareness, only part of what's needed. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and this no, this one guy, this one thing this uh, Zach says here is that uh, phishing education must involve, evolve as cyber criminals tactics do. Totally agree. So go read this. It's a real quick read. Probably take you two minutes to read it, but it's a good point. Um, so if you are in cybersecurity and trying to prove to your bosses that you need to work on training and stuff like that, this is a good backup for what you're trying to say. And last last point here, our last article from cybernews.com. This is Justinus Van Leviskus. I'm sorry, I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. So you can go see it, pronounce it yourself. Facebook copyright scam intensifies users left stranded. And I only mentioned this because um, my in-laws were here for the weekend and a friend of my mother-in-law had her Facebook account overtaken. I assume this is probably because of this. The Facebook copyright infringement scam appears to have intensified with users reportedly being locked out of their accounts with little help from Meta-owned social media platform to restore their access. And this is the problem. Facebook's not going to help you if your stuff gets hacked. So how exactly is this happening? Well, um, it does say that I saw that here somewhere. How they got to it. Sorry. Um. Okay, the Facebook, here we go. The Facebook copyright infringement scam is a phishing attack that primarily targeted organization accounts um, earlier this year. Users would receive a fake copyright infringement notice threatening to terminate or suspend their pages because they didn't follow Facebook's community standards. The fake notice would show say that a photo uploaded to the accounts page violated the copyright infringement and they had to re- re- they had to appeal it within 24 hours send you to a web page you put all your information in and boom you're you're, you're toast so they take over your account they change your password and you're never going to access it again it's a problem um read more about this actually i would i would recommend passing this article around to more folks to see simply because um there's you know a lot of people using facebook and once you lose your account getting it back is likely not going to happen I am running up on my time limit here. I've tried to keep it under 15. I'm probably going to be right about there. But I appreciate, as always, everyone taking the time to listen. If you have thoughts, comments, questions, email me, darren at thecyberguy.com. Find me on all my social media places um, and things like that. You know what I say. I say it all the time. So with that, enjoy your Monday. We will talk again Tuesday because the cyber news never ends. CyberSmart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.